right. Well, as we all know, backstory is super fun. But do you know what else is fun? The Empyrean Report. Uh, my name is Rue, and I'm here with your Empyrean Report. This is the recap show for the Empyrean Decree, a D&D podcast set in the world of Selenial. I'm sure you'll notice that you do not hear the bang-bonging beeping of beautiful, bountiful barter as we are recording this particular podcast using the magical power of the internet. It just gets more out of I'm hand. so blessed. Week. What's that again, Mike? It just gets more out of hand each week. It's it, it's gonna, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm blessed to have Mike here. Uh, everyone else is uh, busy doing other things. It's a, it's a weird night. Uh, but tonight we are talking about Season 1, Episode 14, The Winds of Change, which has been uh, a, a very interesting episode following this big battle between uh, Nadal's sister and the, the, the group that just went poorly. Uh, you guys are just all beat up. But you, you all start with uh, really caring about each other, uh, which I, I was kind of an, a neat uh, scene. Thea arrives. You know, she's got no shoes. She's in tears. Uh, she checks in with Varric, make sure he's okay. Um, uh, Thea covers Nadal with a blankie. You know, Sam heals everyone. Uh, Nadal even uh, takes care of a dog, which was was something else. Well, and, uh, and Sam actually even healed Asterion. That was a big a big step for him. Did I didn't positive. even think about that. Yep, you're absolutely right. Sam it really does not like it uh, like the elementals, does he? Ever since uh, uh, he lost his ship to that giant water elemental, right? Yeah, he's he's not a fan of of the elementals in this world and thinks they do not belong here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it was neat to see you all take care of each other to check in, to talk about what it is that all your characters are are doing. But the big news is Rigolian hatches, right? And it, uh, it kind of comes out of nowhere in my humble opinion, I guess uh, a Rigolian got caught in the, the flames and that's what triggered the uh, the hatching. Do you, do you have any insight on that, Mike? It wasn't clear to me during the the actual session of why he did it, but it mm-hmm. makes sense reading the description of of the episode as Elena posted it, saying he experienced a heat that he had never been a part of, and being the <laughs> yeah. type of wyvern he is, I think that's what finally pushed him over the line based off of all the hard work that that Varric has been putting in over the last week or so that he's had him. Yeah. So that was yeah, the last thing he needed. Taking him to the forge, uh, taking care of him, making sure that this uh, wyvern's okay, but uh, uh, Rigolian hatches and crawls up his arm, and he says, the air is much fresher out here? That's that's kind of funny. I mean, I, I guess you feel like no air in an egg for hundreds of years, right? Yeah, it probably gets stale after a while. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and what's Rigolian look like? He's burgundy? Is that what it was? I I forget the description. Yeah, he's and he's got claws, like cat claws. Um, and of course, we, we know that Belarage is, is going to be bigger uh, ultimately, right? Because he was hatched earlier. And later, uh, Belarage does grow, right? Yeah, he grows to, or they're referring it to as like going from a, a small baguette to a 
extra large baguette. <laughs> are, are we just going to measure our wyverns in terms of baked goods? I like, think we uh, go as long as you can. <laughs> like what's the biggest baked good we could think of? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> a pie? Y'all love your pies. It'll be a wedding cake at some point. Like, yep, a wedding cake when it gets that big. Um, and and so you all retreat to uh, the Purple Raven. Uh, and I wanted to ask, like, what is the Purple Raven? Uh, it's it's not a library. You can't take books out. Uh, it's not a bookstore. You you don't sell books. It's like, is this just like a place that exists outside of space and time? Is it? Is it actually a, supposed to be in the Asse, or is it not? No, it's, um, it's it's supposed to be there. It's my my understanding and my interpretation of it is basically it's your city records. So it's okay. this is what's happened in in this area, and she's I can't remember the term. It's I don't think it's historian, but she's basically chron, chron, uh, recording events that happen. So. Uh, the star goes okay. to the the Wyvern Corps when it opens, like when it was first opened as the Wyvern Corps headquarters, and she documents right. what happens there, and she goes through a a joining ceremony of or a selection ceremony for for Wyverns, and records all of that, which is why she can explain it to the group of this is how the normal process works. So. I think she's just and, recording history. Okay, and, and uh, you know this from all the journals that uh, that Gideon has read. No, this is stuff that's come out in the episodes little by little. She said in this episode that that Lestara was. She, I was at the opening of of the the, the Wyvern Corps at the tower and. Two an episode or two ago, she was explaining they're not real. The, the three with Wyverns are not actually part of the core because right. they weren't ever sworn in because they didn't get their eggs the traditional way. They were sort of snuck in. They're they, they might not be part of the Wyvern core at all. Yeah, and reading through her journals, her background is she she is her uh, Lestar and the uncle that I honestly have no idea what the name is (laughs) i've enlisted as mr listra galore because i don't think (laughs) that's what i've been calling him he's he's the silent the silent type exactly um they were both commanders in the military in the second age no kidding like they they've they have gone through some some dark things in their past that come out at some point i'm sure i I don't want to say too much here because i don't know what what she wants me to reveal but there's there's a lot of information in those journals. Interesting. There's some other books here in the Purple Raven. Uh, guys look for dragons of the second age, smithing techniques. Thea looks for wyverns and wyvern core books. Uh, there's a scroll of clairvoyance, which uh, was interesting. Um, Everyone so needs clairvoyance. We we asked for we after what happened in in the alley. And in the street, we we like we we need more more power. We need to be able to defend ourselves and fight better. So yeah, Lestara hands Gideon a couple of different scrolls of things that are helpful. 
So there's a, <laughs> a scroll of clairvoyance. There's a scroll of mass healing word. There's a revivify scroll. And I forget what the fourth one was. But, and what's what's helpful, is I cleared this up with with Elena over Skype or over uh, over Discord. Discord during the sh- while we were recording because of Gideon's background and his his um, his class, he can make those scrolls now. That's so right. That's something that's he's seen it and he can he can tr- transcribe things very quickly and very well. So he's we have those that that power now to help heal ourselves or do things to survive a little bit better. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That'll help. Oh, definitely. Even as an income source potentially. Like we're straight for a really hard for money just whip up a scroll of mass healing word and sell that off. <laughs> I'd like to think having a mystery galore as your patron, you're not going to have to worry too much about money, but oh no, I see where you're going. Like, yeah, like if we're really stuck out somewhere, I mean, because for the first ten or twelve episodes, Gideon and Varric had no money at all, and like, I had a copper. And that was it. Like that's all Gideon. Had. <laughs> that's right, a copper, a copper. I kept that's... it because one of the spells requires a copper. Yep. And you guys are fifth level now, so you've you've picked up fireball. I'm sure you're going to be busting that out at the next fight. Nope, Gideon um, is as support as possible. So his first instincts are for support and DM trolling spells. Oh, so I That's... so I picked up slow, and I picked up our spell because that's that's what, oh. that's what a support wizard needs. Haste will come at, at some point. That's just maddening. And oh. You're going to make them uh, make all those bad guys suck. Speaking of uh, the sucking game, uh, we learned how one becomes a vampire in this particular uh, episode. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, in this in this world, to become a vampire, your blood has to be uh, drank by by the vampire, and then you have to return that that action so you have to drink their blood as well to drink their blood yeah so that's, that's and then you die right yep that's They're actually that ki- that would that kills you and then when you awaken again you are a vampire or you are in the transition stage i'm not sure if it's an okay. instant, trans- instant transition or if it takes a couple of days to adjust and and we learned this all with respect to syria von drock um i i, I I really had a question about this scene where uh, Lystra says, can anyone tell me when this painting was made and showed you guys three different paintings of uh, Syria von Drac a year ago, 40 years ago, and then 418 years ago, uh, you know, uh, according to the player's handbook, an elf typically claims adulthood around the age of 100 and can live to be 750 years old. I mean, does this prove that uh, Syria von Drac is a vampire or just like a middle-aged Elf, I, I I was really unclear about what was going on there. So two things, I think in this world, elves live to about five to six hundred. So I think that timing is a little bit shorter. And then okay. also, she hasn't aged at all. 
she looks exactly the same over 400 years. And then the other, the other part of that is that 400 and some year old painting is just the first inst recorded instance of her existence. Not that she was young at that point. It's just, that's the first documented evidence. I believe there are stories that reference to her as well that are even older, but I am on, I'm not a hundred percent on that. Yeah. I, but I, you know, I guess I'm confused because if, you know, Lystra was actually uh, fought in the second age, um, depending uh, 50 years, one way or the other, like Lystra would have been alive uh, 418 years ago. That's yeah. But it's, it's the fact that she's not aging. She looks exactly the same. Right. Cause even as an elf and having that longer life, you still show some signs of, of aging. And I think the, the context that Lystra has, it, it points to some vampiric traits or knowledge that she was a vampire or something in uh, the Von Drop Something's past. going on. So is Isabella actually Sirius Child? What do you think that is going on there? Um, we're not 100% sure because the, if she's that old... Did, yeah. Is this her daughter? Is her daughter an elf, or is she a? Is Otto even her husband, or? Yeah, and because so the other part is that Lady Von Drac was supposedly a very skilled healer. Yeah. So how were you a vampire of this age, but also such a significant? How could you be a healer, yeah. but then also a vampire? And, yeah. Or maybe people are misremembering you? or Because she, she does uh, have some sort of mind control ability, so she may... But the fact that everyone remembers that. Like, even Listara is... She remembers her being a very kind and uh, supportive healer and out, a person of the people and and right. I can't imagine that the vampire's power would be enough to also control someone like, like Lestara. But yeah. maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it's such a significant powers. There's a power source that's causing that massive hypnosis. That's strange. Uh, another power source of these blue pills that uh, we know are coming from the silver. What are the names? Silver woods. Silverwoods. That's what I thought it was. Right. Yeah. Silverwoods. Um, apparently having all these pills in the South is uh, bad juju. That kind of firepower in the South could be catastrophic. And this is sort of uh, the rubric you guys are sent to the village of the three windmills. Uh, Trois Moulins, if, uh, if you will, is what I've been calling it. <laughs> which is French for three windmills. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, I guess, uh, do you think that uh, List, List, I keep calling her Listara, Listara has uh, been looking into the Silverwoods for a little bit, or I guess they're just sort of newer newer money, aren't they? I. I get the, the feeling that Lestara is part of some sort of secret organization because she keeps referencing her contacts and her yeah. and 
I've, I've said it says we'll send our operatives to the east. Yeah. Who are I, our operatives? I, I've said it before and I really hope it's true about her being some part of some sort of um, white Lotus type organization. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with, with that from, from avatar, the last airbender, but maybe it's just, maybe she still has military contacts. Maybe she has, I don't know. It just, it just feels like there's some sort of organization there that she's keeping secret at this time. Yeah. And when are they going to do a heel turn on you? If you want to be paranoid about it all. Yeah. Are they going to help us or hinder us at some point? Right. Probably depends what direction we go if they exist. And finally, you have Sam who just wants to kill Narcelia by (laughs) dropping the carapace on her face or stabbing her or throwing her off a building. Uh, Yeah. uh, He and... uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he he. Sam wants that that carapace part to catapult at uh, is it slog mudcrag or slag mudcrag. Oh yeah, just fling it at him and stick it to his face, and then he, he wants to <laughs> take it and sneak into uh, Narcelia's Narcelia's room yeah. while she's sleeping, and like stick it to her face. And <laughs> here's a little mud mask for you. I, I love Eric's creativity and just the ideas. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're wonderful <laughs> ideas. And then it's like, but the, the uh, I feel like I can breathe water. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he, we joke at the table that he would give it to everyone, excluding yeah. Starian. It's like, I don't want you to breathe underwater, but he already does because he's a water genasi. Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> or he would give it to him. I keep forgetting, hoping that it would cancel out what he already has, and then he couldn't breathe underwater. That's weird. Uh, there's also and, uh, the wyverns too. Like the there's there's that part in here where you have uh, Balaraj trying to hop upstairs, like trying to watch a, a young child climb stairs. It just oh, it takes yeah. the so cute. part of like two hours to get up this flight of stairs. Scratching at Varric's door. Trying to jump like, up. And bopping into the Yeah, trying, door. To get, trying to get to the door handle. So he's like you hear him climbing up the door and falling down and like <laughs> running up the door and falling down. Yeah. And he finally uh, feeds uh, Regolian. It's, it's actually sort of civil. For now, Fair calls him uh, "hello, little asshole." I guess. Yeah. For now, it's things are civil. He's he hatched. Let him have his his piece to recover. But I'm sure, in the very near future, that'll change. Yeah, but now he can fly. He's a loaf. He's a baguette now. That's right, with wings. Uh, and he's got some nearly useless uh, armor on him, right? That is that is correct. <laughs> uh, wait, does does he have the armor, or is you're talking about the armor that was made for dog? I thought we made armor for Dog and for Belarage. I don't think Belarage has armor yet. He wants it because he heard us talking about making armor for the dog. And maybe. Speaking of Wyverns, it sounds like Thea wants to divorce her Wyvern. Do you have any insight on that? Is that uh, just because there are too many uh, cooks in the kitchen there in her head? 
Um, I, I don't want to speak too much for for Thea, but I'll I'll do the best that I can from what's been spoken about at behind yeah. like off the table and at the table. And yeah. I, it's I think it's a a responsibility thing and an independence thing. I think Thea wants the independence and not having something else to to watch over yeah. and have to care for and the thought of having to be part of the core i think she doesn't like that because she wants her freedom to just go around and do what what she wants uh the voices in the head thing she's not a fan of that she she doesn't want to people in her head and in her thoughts and that kind of stuff i think that was really funny when uh, uh, she was told that the uh, undead cursed wyverns are are made, and she said, "Well, how do we do that?" <laughs> yeah, that didn't stop her. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dark. Yeah, yeah. The, the others at the table were just we were like, "What?" The... Yeah, like, that's not the question you asked think... here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how do you think Tranchevant feels uh, out of all this? Oh, I'm sure that did that's, not. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But after all this, you all head south to uh, uh, Trois-Moulins, the uh, three windmills, to investigate uh, the granaries there, uh, past the smell of sheep dung and dealing with Bryce Pappencock. <laughs> Why did we talk about the warm tequila on a Sunday morning? I completely missed that context. How do we get from uh, a sheep dung to to uh, a warm tequila? Uh the the smell the the smell of a freshly manured smell and we we were joking about Lancaster County in in certain times of the year and Elena brought up a an acquaintance of hers talking about I, I forget what they were talking about but it was the fact that it, it seemed it was the same as warm yeah. tequila on a Sunday morning and just how what would a papincock be right okay yeah that so makes sense the repulsiveness of of warm tequila on the Sunday night or Sunday morning. I'm assuming after drinking all night. Oh uh, yeah. And of course, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we, we live in farm country here in South central Pennsylvania. That makes sense. Yeah. So the- but you arrive at the windmills and there are three pairs of elves wearing farm gear, but they are strapped. So they're definitely sort of like three pairs of guards. You guys realize, right? Doing rotations there was no one in the fields. It was just those those three sets doing doing rounds, walking a perimeter of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tell me how uh, you, uh, Gideon, came upon the idea of uh, creating paperwork to make you guys look like inspectors, and so that you could just walk up and and uh, have free reign of the place. Um, I was. When she said that we were walking up to a to a business of sorts, a, a manufacturer, uh, yep. I figured that, well they need to be investigated periodically by by the government to make sure like you're right. you're making things correctly. There's not too many too many dead animals in, mixed in with your grains, or <laughs> people aren't getting hurt. Or, like, there's, there's certain requirements that you have to meet as especially producing food, and yep. my me as a person, my, my job is very similar to that. So I'm like, Oh, well, oh. If, if we have, we just, and especially cause Gideon has a skill in calligraphy, like let's just yeah. whip up some false documents to say, yep, yeah, we're, we're here to, 
investigate. We're here to do an audit of sorts. And I figured that would give us free reign to do kind of whatever we want as long as we were yeah. acting like we were auditing and investigating the place for the government. I, it, it worked like a champ. You guys buffaloed those guards. One ran off toward the city. Uh, two others headed toward the south windmill where they'd started doing uh, things with these little purple bags. At the, tell us about those purple bags. Did we ever figure out what was was in them we, or what they were doing with them what what is in them we only have a and of course purple yeah we have That's an a thing. we have an idea but we don't know for sure but nadal was it was what what uh what kiri did with nadal was great of kind of disappearing into into the fields and just mm-hmm. watching from a distance unknown so they saw that those groups that group run in and kind of like hide stuff in the bag and then after they left Nadal went in and had uh, Belaraj rip through a bag and try to find one and ended up finding a bag. And it had a, and I don't know if this was a, a an incorrect uh, analogy from Elena or if this was intentional. I'm assuming yeah. it was intentional. It has a very sandy feel to it. So okay. our assumption at the table is that it's small bags of soul sand. Oh, oh my gosh. And uh, uh, soul sand is made from... People. People. And and then, of course, you find all the abandoned uh, clothes, uh, the, the uh, what was it? Uh, shoes. Two robes of Tupali. Yep. Uh, five sets of children's clothes, 20 pairs of shoes yep. uh, in this granary. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's no one in the fields. I mean, did they just take everyone who works the fields and turn them into soul sand? And how'd they do it? Is that what this hidden room is uh, underneath the granary? Uh, so that was an effect of missing a, a subterranean thing in the past. In, um, what time was that? What do you mean? Um, where the governor was, was killed in that town. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not Liasse that was... Yeah. Yes. Um, but Rufus came through and found the trap door. Yeah. This this time we just found it, based off of the the rolls and what Elena told us afterwards. We we hit the DC to find this this room, and mm-hmm. we go down there, and it is a very similar to what was in in Ethanier with the um, the crypt below the the abandoned. Uh, temple it doesn't have the crypt part but it has a a circle it's a six circles uh uh, there's six circles laid within themselves with four pillars and so it's i had five circles five i could be right i I don't remember the number exactly but it's it's a very similar setup to what we saw before and then four symbols uh, symbols of the gods, I guess, within that circle, right? There's a left-facing dragon head, a, a crook, like a shepherd's crook shaped like an eye. Dragon with a lightning bolt. I'm sorry, dragon wing with a lightning bolt, wasn't it? I believe so. And a five-pointed star with curved points. Well, there was the circles on the floor, and there was a, a mirror image. Like There was a, a slightly different image on the ceiling. 
Yeah. So Elena said it was reflected. I wonder if that means that all the writing is backwards too. Possibly. Which would be interesting. There was afterwards there was a speak of, or there was a conversation about it and it's based off of something in from an alchemist like a, a historical alchemist in Germany, I think. Oh really? And okay. it talks about good and evil and I think it was like the balance between the good and the bad and how they, they both need to contribute. I, I think it's something like that. Or positive and negative. Right. So this might not be the manner in which soul uh, soul sand is made. Oh, I I, I fully think it, it is, but I'm as I think so. At the Gideon is going around and trying to just map everything out, sketch it, and just get a visual to pull the memories later. Just mm-hmm. pull everything oh, yeah. possible to show to Lestara and see, like, this is what is this? Like, do you have any idea? And let them use their resources. Yeah. That's true. And they'll probably know what glory to the goddess protect us with life eternal means or, or who the goddess is in in this case. That seems. We're thinking there's a reference to the Von Drach vampire. Because uh, if she's as old as she may be. They, someone might view her as a goddess and they make sacrifices to her or it could be attached to to the carapace. It could be any number of things. Oh, that's true. And of course, they, we, we know the carapace belongs to a, some sort of goddess as well, right? Which, and we find out there's a hidden room with another carapace in it right there. Another part, yeah. Uh, and with, with another, the three torture circles and a what was it? Uh, what did Elena say? A familiar object. Yeah. On the uh, yeah. on the uh, the stone. Yeah. That, uh, that seems like an interesting place to start. Um, Do you think you guys will like uh, work again to to get this second uh, piece, of the carapace, or are you just going to let this one skate? I think knowing what it is now, we will mm-hmm. we'll try to get it because it's it's attached yeah. to the herald of a goddess that I can't remember if it's the goddess, what goddesses are a part of, I was a goddess of lying and deceit or I could be mixing it up with something else, but it's, yeah. it's not a good object. It's, and it's keeping no. the herald well, it's of definitely that goddess not good. locked away. So we definitely don't want it to fall into someone else's hands. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't already. But uh, I guess we'll find out next Sunday, won't we? Right? That's right. So, uh, Eric, thank you so much for uh, your your time. Or, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm, I'm thinking of Sam there. Mike, thank you for your time here. Uh, and thanks to the Adventures Academy for the awesome and inclusive game venue. Uh, this has been your Empyrean Report. Have a great night.